It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, LVD heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week for show number 117, for the week of September 17th, 2015, it's time to laugh at those home videos. It's time to feel that chill in the air, maybe go see the doctor, and have some fun with some Animaniacs, because we have none other than voice actor and actor and musician Jess Harnell stepping in here at the show. That's right, Jess Harnell, who you may know as Wacko Warner from Animaniacs. He's also the current announcer on America's Funniest Home Videos. He's from Transformers, Doc McStuffin, Sophia the First, and so much more, including Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox from Splash Mountain. And Jess is going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things. Voice acting, his career, his voice being in the parks, zippity-doo-dah, and so much more. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. And as always, you have those questions and Aaron has the answers in I Want to Know. We have the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2 with our very own Caitlin. And Jason is going down into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD to add to your collection that you must see and must add. And let's not forget taking that look back at what just happened this week in Disney history with Nathan. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire from Halloween, the Disney Channel, Walt Disney World, Descendants, Mary Poppins, Star Darlings, and so much more. So it is time to get ready. It's time to get wacky. It's time to pretty much go down a big gigantic flume ride into the briar patch because we have all kinds of fun lined up for show number 117. So before I officially kick off this week's show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% of your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members. And spend it on what else? All of those souvenirs. And you can check that out at DVC-Rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, all VD heads, with that said, all kinds of fun on the horizon. I hope you're not wearing a poncho going down that flume ride, and I hope you're ready to see the doctor and feel that chill in the air because we have all kinds of fun lined up, as I said, as we have Jess Harnell stopping in here at the show. So let's officially kick off show number 117 for the week of September 17th, 2015, and I will be right back, all VD heads. I am excited for this week's show. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay My, oh my, what a wonderful day Plenty of sunshine heading my way Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder It's the truth, it's actual Everything is satisfactory Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay Wonderful feeling Wonderful day. Zippity 
my, oh my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine had my way, Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth, it's actual, everything is satisfactual. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. Wonderful feeling, wonderful day. Zippity-doo, a snowman, just like me. It looks great. You sure know snow, Chili. Yep, I sure do, don't I? Hey, where are all the snowmen and ladies? You know, Chili, the best way to meet a snowman is to make one. We can do that? Yeah, that's where snowmen come from. Kids and toys. And toys build them. I always wondered where I came from, and now I know. What are we waiting for? I have a friend to make, a snow friend. So who's going to show me how? First, you make a big snowball. Excuse me, Lammy, but I happen to be an expert snowman maker, so maybe I should show it. Chili, it's simple. First, you get a little ball of snow, then you roll it into a big ball, and then... Wait, wait, no, no, no! Ah! Um, ta-da! Stop me, you funny. Why don't I show you? I can't feel my toes. You don't have toes, Chili. Well, what do you know? This is cool. Crazy stuff. And I'll never get enough. Let's all go to ch chili in the snow and we won't get cold. This is how we roll. ch, -ch chili in the snow. Everybody, this is Jess Harnell, the voice of Wacko on Animaniacs, and technical Sophia the Pest, and of course Chili on Doc McStuffins, and you are listening to Disney on Demand. You know why? Because you're smart!
It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all VD heads, so I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 117 for the week of September 17th, 2015, and we have all kinds of fun here lined up this week. As I mentioned, we're going to get wacko and crazy in Animaniac style, as well as see the doctor and maybe just visit a princess with Sophia the First and laugh at those funny home videos and take a ride down Splash Mountain with Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear, as we have none other than voice actor, veteran, and musician, Jess Harnell stopping in here at the show very, very shortly. We have all kinds of fun on the horizon. It is going to be a blast. There's all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire. We have the D-Team here with Aaron, Caitlin, Jason, and Nathan, and all kinds of fun. But before I jump into news hot off the D-Wire, I do want to give you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, our lifetime of Disney Player, and so much more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz, that's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and so much more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, and connect up with us right there as well. And remember, you can find all these links on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. And finally, remember to subscribe. Get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your iPad, your tablet, and more. Just search and find us in iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get those latest right there in your device. So, all VD heads, with that said, it is all kinds of fun. Tons of news hot off the D-Wire, so let's just jump right into it. And how about Spirit Halloween, set for a superbly spine-chilling season with Star Wars, Turtles, Descendants, and so much more. Yes, with only a couple weeks away from our personal fourth annual Diz Radio Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration, I am excited for this. And how about fairy tales and frightful folks alike? It's time to wrangle the witches, gather the goblins, and summon all things spooky because Spirit Halloween, the largest seasonal Halloween retailer in North America, is officially opening for the 2015 Halloween season. Now in its fourth decade of business, Spirit Halloween continues to be a leader of a one-stop shop for Halloween hair-raising heights, where you can find everything that you love, from great costumes like Star Wars, Orange is the New Black, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and more. As they have officially released, every year Spirit Halloween provides shoppers of all ages with the most complete selection of Halloween costumes decorations, and accessories in North America, said Steven Silverstein, president and CEO of Spirit Halloween. A Saturday Halloween means our lineup of new and classic costumes and products are going to be fantastic and going off the shelves for Halloween weekend of 2015. 2015 is going to have some great things that are going to captivate everybody from Star Wars as well as Descendants and more. Now to celebrate Halloween weekend as they're putting it, trick-or-treaters and relevers alike will need more options to stay in character this weekend. And this year we have, as they're putting it, eerie, I get it, irresistible this year costumes. Now in addition to the hottest costumes, Spirit Halloween retailer locations have a variety of animatronics for decor in every price point so you can decorate your home as well and many enthusiasts looking to build their own creepy animatronics. There's the Spirit Swamp, 
There's the Cerebus, the three-headed dog. There's the Incinerator, Moonshine Barrel Zombie, Harbinger of Health, Spirit Station Z, Smoldering Zombie, and so much more. Now, if you want to find where a Spirit Halloween is located in your area, definitely check them out at spirithalloween.com. You can follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash spirithalloween and many other places. Definitely check it out. Great costumes. And I will add, Descendants is popular because my oldest of my children, my daughter, yes, she had to get her Eevee costume from Descendants, and it's already been ordered and shipped into our house for this year's Halloween season. Now, speaking of girls, and my oldest being a daughter, of course, how about Disney Publishing Worldwide launching inspirational new platform property, Star Darlings? Yes, Disney Publishing Worldwide announced this week the release of Disney Star Darlings, an original new property that features 12 unique girls who encourage tweens to celebrate their individuality, making positive choices, and show that they can make a wish a reality. Now, Disney Starlings launches this week in North America with two novels available everywhere with books and ebooks wherever they're sold. Now, the all new Star Darlings content and products will be released through November, including an accompanying storytelling and lifestyle app and music from Walt Disney Records. Now, the first shorts in the animated series on YouTube and Fashion Dolls line created for this with Jack Specific are going to be available at Justice Stores nationwide. Now, the Star Darlings characters embody the qualities and characteristics of everybody's tweens today. They've resonated with audience on a multi-platform lifestyle experiences tailored just for them. Now, each Star Darling has her own wish that she pursues with determination and with the help of her friends and these shared journeys, they can inspire all tweens to go after their very own dreams. Now, as they have released, Star Darlings represents a fully realized world where strong, confident girls are front and center, said Andrew Sugarman, Executive Vice President of, of Disney Publishing Worldwide. We're excited to announce this all-new, innovative property tailor-made for today's tween and the launch of Star Darlings to represent a broadest multi-platform launch to date that we have ever done. Now, the story begins on Starland, where a major crisis is afoot, and 12 unique fashion girls from the prestigious Starling Academy are chosen to be the first student Starlings to venture to Earth. Now, rich with themes, friendship, confidence, leadership, teamwork, and more, the Star Darlings go on the most magical adventures of their lives. Now, determined to succeed, the girls show courage, ingenuity, and more, including tons of humor. Now, it was initially conceived by designer Shayna Muldoon Zappa, along with her husband, and the New York Times bestselling author said Star Darlings was inspired by their daughter. Our intention with Star Darlings has always been to empower every girl, no matter where she was born or what she looks like. Now, this is going to be fantastic. If you want to get your hands on it, it is available where ebooks are sold, where other books are sold as well. You're going to see it on YouTube and many other places. And I know us here at the show are working to get Ms. Zappa here on the show to talk about the Star Darlings as well. But if you want to find out more, as I know many of your children are going to want to have, you can check it out at shopjustice.com as well as facebook.com slash Disney Star Darlings. And we also have links to this on our official website at dizradio.com. Now, pushing right along here, let's get into the theme parks. And everybody loves movies. Of course, we do here at the show because, come on, look at our list of stars that we're always getting here. And how about Pop Secret Popcorn and Disney Parks and Resorts team up for a multi-year alliance? That's right, Diamond Foods, Inc. announced this week that it has entered a long-term strategic alliance with Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort tied to its Pop Secret brand of premium popcorn. Now, Pop Secret Popcorn is now the official popcorn of the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida and Disneyland Resort in California. 
Now, Diamond Foods also plans to advertise on the Disney-owned channels like ABC Family and the Disney Channel. Now, many of the retail promotions on Pack Sweepstakes and digital content creation are all ways in which Pop Secret is going to expect to work with Disney in the future for promotions, prizes, and so much more. Now, as they have officially released in the press, we have been looking for an alliance that is in line with our core brand values, and we couldn't be more delighted to announce this relationship with the Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort, said Burke Rain, Vice President of Marketing of Snacks at Diamond Incorporated. Now, Pop Secret Popcorn and Disney both have deep association with movies and encourage lasting memories shaped by full family activities. Now, as part of the relationship, Disney will begin selling freshly popped Pop Secret Popcorn at all the popcorn carts throughout the Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort. Now, the Pop Secret brand will also become the title sponsor of the nightly Fantasmic Show at Disney's Hollywood Studios at the Walt Disney World Resort and plans to sponsor movie nights held at many of the Disney Resort hotels. This is a great partnership, and come on, all of us love our popcorn buckets, don't we? Especially the ones for Halloween coming out with the Vampire Mickey and Zero. Pop Secret is just going to add to that, and everybody's going to love it. Now, pushing right along here, let's get into some interactive, and how about a galaxy long, long ago? Or far, far away, or however you want to put it. But anyways... Yes, I'm going the route of Star Wars. And how about Kabam and Disney Interactive and Lucasfilm launching Star Wars Uprising? Yes, Kabam, in collaboration with Disney Interactive and Lucasfilm LTD, announced this week the launch of Star Wars Uprising, the first mobile role-playing game that takes place between Star Wars Return of the Jedi and Star Wars The Force Awakens, following the death of the Emperor. Now, the game is available now for free on iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, as well as Google Play for Android devices. Now, Star Wars Uprising introduces players to a note sector where they can band together with smugglers, freedom fighters, and bounty hunters and gangsters to rise up against the Empire as it tries to maintain control of the galaxy. They can also create unique characters, go on missions, develop skills, and build up their gear, recruit crew members, and many others for battles and more in their effort to have their own Star Wars hero. Now, as the vice president of Studio Kabam has said, Star Wars Uprising introduces players to a whole new Star Wars storyline in a deeply immersive RPG experience. The community will be excited for massive sector battles that will shape the game for future amazement and it will surprise everybody in the future. Now, some of the key features that they have is create the hero the galaxy needs, where you can choose from a wide range of special skills, species, visual customizations, and classic Star Wars gear to become the next Han Solo, Boba Fett, or unique hero of your own design. They also have shaped the future of the game universe. Yes, you can join players worldwide in a massive sector-wide battle to dictate the expansion of the in-game content, including planets, exclusive gear, and unique crew members. There's real-time co-op against the Empire where you can explore the secrets of the sector, build a powerful crew with allies, and play alongside friends in cooperative play. And finally, there's the brave challenges on the classic and the new worlds. Now you can battle your way through missions on Hoth, Cloud City, and more fighting against the powerful bosses of the ominous new villains. Now, the creative power behind the game comes from Kabam RPG Studio in San Francisco, and the studio is made up of top art and design and storytelling talent from the role-playing game world and technical masters from across the video game industry. 
Now the team itself is dedicated to bringing the best RPG experiences to mobile devices, and it includes Daniel Erickson, former creative of Star Wars The Old Republic, and Danny Keller, an Emmy award-winning nominee for Star Wars The Clone Wars, and the studio's most recent game, Spirit Lords, received highly, highly awards in the Choice Awards section. So definitely check it out, Star Wars Uprising, and you can play it now on your phone, devices, and so much more. Now, since we are talking about Star Wars, let's get to one of the parks, and not necessarily the parks, but an area where a park would be, and how about Star Wars The Force Parade Invading Shanghai? Yes, famous Star Wars characters including Darth Vader, Stormtroopers, R2-D2 all visited Shanghai on September 12th. Now, simultaneously marking the beginning of the 2015 Shanghai Tourism Festival and the upcoming release of the new Star Wars movie The Force Awakens. Now, organized by Disney and led by some of the hit film's franchise's most recognizable characters, Star Wars The Force Parade gathered over 40 characters from across the series to date as they marched their way down, I hope I'm saying this right, Hua High Road, one of Shanghai's most famous upmarket thoroughfares in the area. Now, the parade was welcomed by local Shanghai residents and visitors to the city alike, many of whom are diehard Star Wars fans expressing their joy and amazement at both the scale of the new event and the intricacy to detail from the costumes of those leading the way. Now, in addition to the crowds that came to catch a glimpse of the Star Wars characters in person, the parade was also broadcast on national television, giving more than 200 million viewers the opportunity to enjoy the celebration. Definitely fun. Everybody does love Star Wars. Now, pushing along here, let's get from the big screen and different parks and global news. Let's get all the way down to the small screen and how about symphonies which isn't so small and how about the kentucky symphony orchestra huffin puffin to blow its open 24th season with disney's silly symphony celebration now the kentucky symphony orchestra opens its 24th season on october 3rd 2015 with disney in concert a silly symphony celebration now the program is tuneful and colorful and celebrating 75 groundbreaking cartoons produced from the Walt Disney Studios between 1929 and 1939. Now, during the production of these Academy Award-winning shorts, Walt Disney perfected the skills essential for the creation of his first feature film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, of course, which hit theaters in 1937. Now, these advances and new developments for the use of color, special effects, character animation, music, storytelling, and more are some of the things that influenced animation today that we all love. Now, Mr. Disney will actually appear, in a video of course, to explain the various techniques that he and his animation team employed for each of these groundbreaking animated shorts, including The Ugly Duckling, The Skeleton Dance, Three Little Pigs, Flowers and Trees, The Old Mill, and Musicland. Now, composers Leigh Harleen, Frank Churchill, and Carl Stalling, all who helped pen famous scores to these classic cartoons, which KSO will perform in sync with the newly restored digital film masters. Now, this performance will mark the first time a Silly Symphony celebration has been performed in public outside of last month's 23rd annual Disney Expo held in Anaheim, California. Now, this is going to be a fun, fun event. Now, live musical accompaniment to the cartoons creates a unique audio and visual genre. I mean, it makes it unique and fun. You're watching it with the live music right there. It is fantastic. It's fun. It's energizing. It's something to really get you going. So if you have a chance to head on down to Kentucky, definitely check them out at KYSO.org. You can call them at 859-431-6216. And tickets aren't that bad. $24, $32, and $40. And children ages 6 to 18 are 50% off. 
I mean, this is fantastic. This is a great deal. Live music, orchestra. I mean, you're watching cartoons. It doesn't get better than that. Now, pushing along here in news, we have a lot of news here this week, but one of them that I'm not going to elaborate too long on, just because I'm sure you guys have seen this one everywhere, Disney's live-action The Jungle Book got its first teaser trailer from the director of Iron Man, as we all know, John Favreau. Yes, we have all been wondering in recent years about Disney adapting their beloved stories to live-action films. Some have worked, some have not. And recently, they have been on a roll of getting all the live-action ones they can. Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Maleficent, you name it. Well, now the trailer, the first teaser trailer for The Jungle Book, directed by John Favreau, has been released this week. Now, I'm not going to talk your ear off. We all know that he's going to do a fantastic job. I'm sure it's going to look good. Disney just continues to do these live-action adaptions. And as much as you can say you're tired of them, come on. We're all going to the theater and we're all enjoying them. But Scarlett Johansson's voice as Ka definitely, definitely sets the tone for the entire movie. And you can check it out online. And we also have it posted on our official website at DizRadio.com. So all of you D-heads, with that said, there is more news on the horizon. I have more news here, and I'll come back with some news, but I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to get a drink. We're going to have some fun, and I'm going to release the reins to the D-team because you have questions, and he has answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions, and I want to know. We also have Caitlin back with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2. We have Nathan stopping in with This Week in Disney History, and Jason taking a deep look in the vault as we all gear up for our special guest here this week, Wacko Warner from Animaniacs, Doc McStuffins, you know Miss Cedric from Sophia the First, and so much more. Jess Harnell is going to be stopping in here, as well as Br'er Fox and Br'er Rabbit on Splash Mountain. So before I fi- so before I release the reins of the D team, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is proudly sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% of your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members and spend it on what else? all of those fantastic souvenirs. Definitely check them out at dvc-rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team, and when I come back, I'm going to have more news hot off the D-wire because I am not slowing down. There is a lot of news here this week, all of you D-heads. So take it away, team. I'm going to take a drink, and I'll be right back, all of you D-heads. We're in the land of was the Twice the fun Cause every single thing Is really two in one A little bit of this A little bit of that And when you add it up You get a lot of less Ooh, they got originality Living with split personality With a wuzzle Ooh, yeah With a wuzzle Uh-huh, yeah Two times the fun Wrapped up and rolled into one today. Don't you worry, Mr. Bluebird. I learned my lesson. I'm glad you made it home safe and sound this time, Bear Rabbit. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's actual. It's actual. Everything, Everything is satisfaction. 
have questions we have answers let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in i want to know hey d heads this is aaron and it's time again for another installment of i want to know you guys have been busy sending in questions and the virtual mailbag is full so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week our first question is from sherry dupree from detroit michigan and she writes diz radio great podcast at the Magic Kingdom, there used to be a short-lived show about Stitch, I think. They built that stage in Tomorrowland just for it, again, I think. How long did it run, and why was the run so short? Thank you for the help. Well, unfortunately, I missed this show, and I love Stitch. Stitch's Supersonic Celebration was a live stage show featuring Stitch, performed in the Tomorrowland section of the Magic Kingdom at the Walt Disney World Resort. Construction began in the east of Tomorrowland in late 2008 and was completed in April 2009. Opening on May 6, 2009, the show received poor critical reception and closed the following month. The show featured a host named Tip Trindo, supposedly an on-scene reporter from the Tomorrowland News Network. There was also two female backup dancers as well as two robots. The star, however, was Stitch, initially on a video screen and then in costume form. The Stitch character on the video screen was able to interact with guests using the same technology as in Turtle Talk with Crush. During the show, guests celebrated Galaxy Day by singing and dancing along to an odd mixture of popular music, including Elvis tunes, The Future Has Arrived from Meet the Robinsons, and these boots are made for walking. After only a six-week run, Stitch's supersonic celebration closed on June 27, 2009. Some credit the show's early demise to the lack of shade. There was only a few awnings under which to hide from the hot Florida sun. Also, the screen where Stitch was shown was hard to see under direct sunlight. The stage originally built for the show is now used seasonally for stage shows such as a Totally Tomorrowland Christmas show during Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Our next question is from Emily of California and she writes, Looking at old pictures, Aaron, I found my I found a bunch of myself as a child with some Disney toys. These were of mixed up animals, like a lion with wings and so on. I'm a young D-head and my dad can't remember what they were from, but he got them from a rummage sale. Any thoughts? I can't churn up anything on Google. 
a mission-minded D-head. Well, you're referring to the characters from the TV show The Wuzzles. Disney's Wuzzles is an animated television series created for Saturday morning television. It was first broadcast on September 14, 1985 on CBS. The premise is that the main characters are hybrids of two different animals. All of the Wuzzles live on the Isle of Wuzz. Double species are not limited to the Wuzzles themselves. From the apple berries they eat to the telephonograph in the home, or a luxury home called a castle scraper, nearly everything on Wuzz is mixed together in the same way the Wuzzles are. Let's do three characters from the Wuzzles. Bumble Lion, half bumblebee, half lion. Bumble Lion is mostly lion in appearance. He is a short, squat, orange-furred creature with a pink mane, fuzzy antenna, a lion's tail, small insect wings, and horizontal brown stripes up his tummy. He lives in a beehive, likes sports, is courageous, and has a crush on Butterbear. Butterbear, half bear and half butterfly. Butterbear is mostly bear in appearance. She has yellow fur with a white tummy, larger wings than the other wuzzles, and short antenna with flowers on their ends. She's a keen gardener who is gentle and patient despite the crazy adventures of her friends. Ellaroo, half elephant, half kangaroo. One of the larger wuzzles, Ellaroo is purple with the body shape and tail of a kangaroo and an elephant's trunk and ears. He has a horizontally striped pouch, despite the fact that pouches are only found on female kangaroos. Ellaroo has trouble remembering what he stores in his pouch. He is sweet but accident prone. He and Bumble Lion are best friends. Well, that should help you with your search on the Wuzzles. Well, our final question is from Greg Dickinson of Atlanta, Georgia, and he writes, Disney On Demand, fantastic program, and I mean it. Best Disney podcast for entertainment, hands down. My question for you is about Song of the South. I've never seen the movie, and only know bits and pieces from a sing-along video I had growing up. Was it ever available on VHS or DVD? How many times was it released in theaters? And is Splash Mountain truly a representation in the movie, which I just found that out a few years ago? Well, we're glad you love the show. Song of the South is a 1946 live-action animated musical film based on Uncle Remus stories collected by Joel Chandler Harris. It was Disney's first feature film using live actors. The film is set in Reconstruction-era Georgia. Uncle Remus is an African-American former slave who tells the folks tells the folk tales of the adventures of Br'er Rabbit and his friends. Song of the South was re-released in theaters several times after its original Walt Disney Pictures RKO Pictures premiere, each time through Buena Vista Pictures. In 1956, then 1972 for Disney's 50th anniversary, in 1973 as the second half of a double bill with the Aristocats, in 1980 for the 100th anniversary of Harris's classic story, and in 1986 for the film's own 40th anniversary and in promotion of the upcoming Splash Mountain attraction at three of Disney's theme parks. The complete movie has never been fully released for home video in the U.S. Splash Mountain is based on the characters from Uncle Remus's stories, which include Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, and Br'er Bear. 
Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Walt Disney's classic Song of the South is back. Everything is satisfactory. Walt Disney's Song of the South. My own oh mind. What a wonderful movie. Hi, everybody. This is Pat Carroll. I am so glad you're listening to Disney on Demand. And as Ursula would say, life's full of tough choices. Isn't it? <laughs> Don't forget, keep listening to Disney on Demand.
Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. Well, if you've been on the edge about buying tickets to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, you might want to go ahead and get those tickets now. The Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular show premiered this week to rave reviews. Everyone is loving it, and it seems to be an awesome addition to the party night. Not only does it involve characters brand new to the parks, everyone's favorite which is the Sanderson sisters, but they're still joined by a bunch of the Disney villains we all know and love. The story is fun, the staging is great, and based on the clips we've seen, the cast sounds amazing. I know I can't wait to see it when I get the chance. Some of the cutest souvenir cups and popcorn buckets have been released at the parks this week, just in time for the fall season, and we're loving them. My personal favorite is the Poison Apple Stein, which is available in the Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. They also have Vampire Mickey and Zero Premium Popcorn Buckets, and a regular popcorn bucket and cup inspired by the classic 1937 Mickey short, The Lonesome Ghosts. If you're looking for some delicious apple treats to sample while you're at the parks this fall, there are some amazing looking desserts in Hollywood Studios and Epcot. While at Epcot, don't miss the apple strudel at Summerfest in the Germany Pavilion. And when you're in the studios, make sure to try the apple crisp a la mode from Hollywood Scoops and the warm glazed donut drenched in cinnamon apples and vanilla bean ice cream and caramel at the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater. And finally, you can get a new look at the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique this fall. They're now doing a Minnie Mouse witch-inspired outfit that your little girls are sure to love. Oh, and don't forget, Hocus Pocus-inspired tees and sweatshirts are coming to the Disney Parks online store for one week only, the 21st through the 27th. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly! With tuppence for paper and strings, you can have your own set of wings. With your feet on the ground, you're a bird in flight. With your fist holding tight to the string of your kite. Oh, let's go fly a kite up to the highest height. Let's go fly a kite and send it soaring up. Up where the air is clear Oh, let's go fly a kite When you see it flying up there All at once you're lighter than air You can dance on the breeze over houses and trees With your fists holding tight To the string of your kite
taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, LVD heads, so I am back once again. I want to extend a very special thank you to the D-Team for stopping in with their signature segments. Remember to connect up with the D-Team all the time on our official website at DizRadio.com. Drop them a line. They don't bite. Well, they might bite. They might chomp. They might nibble. But they won't bite with all their might. Let's just say that. But definitely connect up with them. Fantastic. Without the D-Team, it would just be me rambling on. And trust me, that would be pretty boring. So, we are gearing up for Jess Harnell to stop in here very shortly. We have more from the D-Team and all kinds of fun lined up. Like I said, we have a full jam-packed show, so I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to jump right back in the news, hot off the D-Wire. And how about Disney debuting Minnie-inspired Instagrams? That's right. Disney's bringing all things Minnie Mouse-inspired to Instagram with the launch of At Minnie Style, the new account showcasing her signature style and ongoing influence of the world of fashion, beauty, and pop culture. Now, Minnie's iconic style, including polka dots, bows, and instantly recognizable color palette, will be celebrated this month at events both in New York and London Fashion Weeks. Now, at Minnie's style will showcase Minnie-inspired looks from the global fashion community, everyday fashion for inspiration, couture, and ready-to-wear design collaborations with celebrities, bloggers, and so much more. Now, the first portfolio on at Minnie's style will feature a series of inspirational fashion images as well as a behind-the-scenes look at events during September's International Fashion Week. Now, at the New York Fashion Week, Disney is collaborating with Refinery29, the leading digital lifestyle media company for millennial-minded women, and also Confetti System, to create a Minnie Mouse-inspired room as part of 29 Rooms Refinery29's interactive funhouse celebrating style and culture, which is set to open in Brooklyn, New York, this month as well. Now, it is going to be fun. Now, Georgia May Yeager had said, I have always been a Minnie fan, so I'm really excited to be working on this campaign, showing how pop culture and influence in fashion can encourage excitement, creativity, and more. Now, the character of Minnie Mouse, as we all know, was created by Walt Disney as she made her debut alongside Mickey Mouse in Disney's Steamboat Willie in 1928. Patterned after the 1920s flapper as portrayed by actress Colleen Moore, her trademark polka dot skirt was inspired by Coco Chanel and her, and her Easy Jersey collection. From her early pillbox flower hat, which was inspired ladies with famous trends and more. So definitely check it out. Follow along Minnie Mouse on Instagram at Minnie Style. Now, pushing along here, let's get into some animation. And I love animation, and I love Disney XD as well as my boys and so much more. And how about Marvel Music presenting Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Mix Volume 1 music from the animated television series. Yes, Marvel Music will release a soundtrack for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, the animated television series on October 16th, 2015. Now, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Mix 1 music from the animated series is a collection of 12 songs in the show's upcoming first season. Now, tracks from the soundtrack are going to include such hits as Blue Suede's Hooked on a Feeling, Queen's Don't Stop Me Now, Joe Walsh's Rocky Mountain Way, and Thin Lizzy's The Boys Are Back in Town. Now, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, the new animated action-packed epic space adventure, is a ragtag band of desperate misfits debuting in a one-hour premiere special with back-to-back episodes on Saturday, September 26th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Disney XD. Now, as I already mentioned, they have some great people. There's Funk Funk, Shake Your Groove Thing, Boys Are Back in Town, Walk Away, Drift Away, Funk Number 49, Hooked on a Feeling, I Will Survive, Rocky Mountain Way, Don't Stop Me Now, and so much more. 
You can pre-purchase this right now as a digital and physical soundtrack, and it will be available wherever music is sold on October 16, 2015. Now, pushing right along here in news, let's get back to the parks. And how about Downtown Disney, Disney Springs, whatever you want to call it. And how about the Indiana Jones Bar and Restaurant opening September 22nd? That's right, the Indiana Jones-themed bar and restaurant in Orlando's Walt Disney World Downtown Disney will be opening next week. Disney announced on Twitter this last week. Now, Jack Lindsay's Hangar Bar will throw open its doors to the All Adventures on September 22nd, 2015. Now, the bar is named after and designed around a character in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's also themed to naturally to pilots and aviation, with travel posters, propellers, and other aircraft-inspired accoutrements around a 150-seat bar. There's also an outdoor steamboat in dry dock, plus an outdoor deck for additional seating. Now, it's joining the Indiana Jones Adventure at Disneyland, as well as Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular at Disney World, and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril at Disneyland Paris, as attractions are being built around the character. It's the first that Disney has added since they purchased Lucasfilm LTD and the Indiana Jones property with it, and now it's going to officially be opening at Downtown Disney on September 22nd. Now, getting back to the small screen here, why don't we get to the Disney Channel, and how about something I love? Now, before I do that, Let's talk about Diz Radio, yes, and as I'm talking about something I love, how about October? Yes, this October is going to be our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration. You heard me correct. You're going to be seeing promos for it and more. It is going to be our fourth annual event where we have spooky actors, all kinds of tunes, and we celebrate Halloween in a very family, fun-friendly way all October. So gear up for that, all VG heads, because it is coming this October, our fourth annual Diz Radio Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration. Now with that, how about Disney Channel's Monstover, something else that everybody looks forward to, and the 2015 schedule, Halloween-themed episodes, and more has been released. That's right, there is everything from Jesse in a new Halloween episode titled The Ghostess with the Mostess. There's also an all-new Girl Meets World, Austin and Allie, and more with Girl Meets World of Terror 2. There's I Didn't Do It, where Austin and Alley fans will definitely love it as a guest star on I Didn't Do It. There's also a new Mickey Mouse cartoon where everybody thinks that Mickey Mouse doesn't get scared. Well, he does, so get ready. There's all new Casey Undercover, Bunked, and more, including Best Friends Whenever, and more. I mean, there is a ton, a ton, a ton, including all new Disney Channel original movies, Halloween-themed episodes, as well as our favorites like Halloween Town, Twitches, you name it, they'll be airing as well as a Spooks and Chills Marathon. So definitely get ready. It's going to be all kinds of fun. Disney Channel's Monstober is full in action for 2015. So all of you D-heads, with that said, there was news hot off the D-wire, so much more. We have a lot of things coming in the wings, as we have none other than Jess Harnell. Yes, the voice of Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox from Splash Mountain. You also know him as the announcer from America's Funniest Home Videos, as well as Wacko Warner for Animaniacs, Chili from Doc McStuffins, and also Cedric from Sophia the First, and so much more. So definitely, I am excited for this. So I'm going to release the reins to the D-Team once more. We have more from the D-Team, all kinds of fun. And next time you hear me, I'm going to be back with Jess Harnell here at the show. So all of you D-Heads, I am excited. I'm going to release the reins to the D-Team. We got lots of fun on the horizon. So definitely sit back, have some fun. And I'm excited to talk with this icon who has played such parts in many of our lives. Take it away, team, and uh, I will be back very, very shortly. The dog is in, and she'll fix you up. If you're a toy, then you're in luck. It's okay 
Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Huh. <laughs> a poodle in a conga line. Yeah, now that's quality television. <laughs> you know, I'm so happy we're on AFV's $100,000 show. Uh, Kermit, we're pleased to have you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, your videos are so good. Good video! Good video! Why don't we conga to the stage? Oh, oh right, 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 yeah, right, yeah. Come on. Right. Okay, okay, let's go, everybody. Tonight, a special puppet edition of America's Funniest Videos, where somebody's gonna win 100,000 Samoans! So come on in! And park it! We're in the driver's seat now! So grab a snack! This one's going down real easy! It's AFB! Now here he is, a bear's best friend, Mr. Tom Bergeron! Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I am Nathan, ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. So as always, branching off that, let's begin. Kicking off this week, let's begin with a throwback to This Week in Diz Radio History with show number 86 from September, featuring Leon Robinson. You may recognize him from Cool Runnings as Darius Banach, and if you want to get into the cold weather spirit, which is right around the corner, check out this episode and hang out with a member of the Jamaican bobsled team. Now, starting out this week in Disney history, we begin in 1928 with actor Adam West, the voices of Ace in the 2005 hit Chicken Little, and Uncle Art in the 07 Meet the Robinsons, born in Walla Walla, Washington. He also provided voices for Kim Possible, Family Guy as Mayor West, and of course Batman and Bruce Wayne himself in the classic 60s show Batman. In 1940, actor Richard Dawson Keel, best known for his role as the steel-toothed Jaws in two James Bond movies, is born in Detroit, Michigan. He is also the voice of Vladimir for Disney's 2010 animated feature Tangled. In 1941, Walt Disney's father Elias passed away in L.A., California at the age of 82. Walt is currently in South America at the time in the middle of a 10-week trip. If you want a really great documentary to watch about this time period, check out Walt and El Grupo for more info about this. And also in 1941, two days after the official end of the strike at the Disney Studio, work finally resumes with 694 employees on the payroll, down from 1,200. In 1958, actress Jennifer Tilly, the voice of Celia May in Disney Pixar's 01 Monsters, Inc., is born in Harbor City, California. 
1964, actress Kim Richards is born in Mineola, New York, and you can check out show number 11 for a fun dip into Kim's career. In 1971, actress Amy Poehler is born in Newton, Massachusetts. She is the voice of Joy in Pixar's 2015 release, Inside Out. In 1979, animator Don Bluth quit Disney and takes a third of the top artists with him. He will become Disney's most serious rival since Max Leisure. In 1981, the TV series Disney's Wonderful World aired for the last time on NBC, and later on, starting in September 26th, the series will be simply called Walt Disney and air on CBS instead. In 1985, Disney's first Saturday morning animated TV shows, Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears on NBC and Disney's Wuzzles on CBS both debuted. In 1987, DuckTales, an animated TV series produced by Walt Disney Television Animation and based on Carl Barks' Uncle Scrooge comic book series, premiered. In 1991, the Walt Disney Company acquired Discover, a science magazine. Also in 1991, the Main Street Electrical Parade has its final performance at Walt Disney World. This version is now going to be shipped to France and used at Disneyland Paris. And also in 91, the new sitcom Home Improvement starring comedian Tim Allen debuted on ABC TV. In 1996, the glamorous Mistress of the Dark, Elvira, hosted a wild Friday the 13th party at Disney MGM Studios. In 1997, Muppets Tonight, an updated version of The Muppet Show, debuted on the Disney Channel. It is the second season for the series, as the first 10 episodes aired on ABC TV in 96. In 2000, Disney's direct-to-video The Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea is officially released. In 2011, skipping ahead a few years, the 26th newly designed Disney store to open in the U.S. debuted at the St. Louis Galleria, which is local to me, and a mall in St. Louis, Missouri. And we're going to end this week in Disney history D-heads with 2012 when the 14th annual Walt Disney Hometown Tune Fest takes place in Marceline, Missouri, which is Walt's boyhood home. Well, D-heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Feel free, as always, to email me at Nathan at DizRadio.com with any questions or comments. And as always, guys, have a great week and see you real soon. We're going to show them all, Father, and especially King Roland. They have always told me since I was a lad that I'm the worst sorcerer the kingdom's ever had. Whenever things go wrong, King Roland simply stands and claims it must be Cedric that's to blame. Anytime I try to cast a little spell No one thinks it turns out very well But that won't last for long It's time for me to make my claim Soon everyone will know my name All I need to do is swipe that amulet Then I will show them who I am, you bet Once I have the jewel, I can use its power To take the king's crown, it'll be my finest hour They can tell me I'm no good And call me second rate But soon they'll see I'm meant to be King Cedric the Great When I 
I'm the king. Everyone will bow and only do the things King Cedric will allow. Every spell I cast will always go as planned, and those who used to tease me will be at my command. Thank you, boys. One trip will show them all. Cedric is in second place. He kissed the ring of our new king. Cedric, all this noise is disturbing the king's supper. Please keep it down. Ah! You can tell me I'm no good and call me second rate, but soon they'll see I'm meant to be King Cedric the Lights, camera, action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest! Alright, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of those are ones that you see on the small screen, the big screen, and many other places that you pass down to for generations, for your children and other people. And with us here this week is somebody who is no stranger to any of you. He's somebody that lives behind the microphone, and you may know him as Wacko Warner from Animaniacs, Transformers, Doc Mc stuffins crash bandicoot uh sophia the first he's also a musician and also the announcer for america's funniest home videos we have none other than jess harnell here with us welcome to disney on demand well, it's great to be here. What a great introduction. I had no idea I was that busy, man. That's really impressive. <laughs> well, you are, you are one busy guy. I mean, you have so many different uh, credits to your resume. I mean, there's just so many that I could go down the list for and many that I continue to pass on to my children as well. But the one question I always like to start off with everybody is what got you into the voice acting career? Wow. Well, you know, I, it, it's a funny thing. I think that sometimes we're sort of predestined to do things. It's like I, I meet kids out there on the road on the period comic and stuff uh, sometimes, and they'll show me drawings of things or paintings or things they've made. And these kids are five to ten years old, and you see these things, you're like, there's no way you did this. This is way too good. But, you know, sometimes from an early age, we sort of have a proclivity for doing certain things. I was always just using my voice, whether it was through singing or doing impressions of teachers or family members or people in movies and TV. I just thought it was so much fun to be able to change my voice and make my voice do stuff. So it's something that I've always loved. And I got news for you folks. If you can come up with a way to make a living that utilizes a gift that you've been given that you love to do anyway, you are way ahead of the game. So my introduction to it became uh, what was because I always loved doing that stuff. Um, I became a singer in rock bands, which is something that I still do and have a lot of fun with that. Um, and then I became a session singer. And what session singers do is they're the guys that you hear singing, you know, about McDonald's or Coca-Cola or any other number of products that you hear about on the radio or maybe in the background of movies or TV. And I did hundreds and hundreds of those things. And people would just say, gosh, you always do these crazy character voices. You should get into that. And I said, well, that would be fantastic. I'd love to get into that. And my first character voice job ever was because a fellow that I had done some work singing for said, hey, I'm, I'm going to help cast these voices for this attraction at the Disney theme parks called Splash Mountain. And I could probably get you an audition. And I said, wow, I didn't even care about the money. I said, so 
that mean that I'll go to the park and hear my voice on a run? That'd be the coolest thing ever. And he said, yeah. So I auditioned, and I ended up being Grr Rabbit and a number of other characters on Splash Mountain. And so Disney was actually my first introduction to becoming a voice actor, and I'll never forget that. So, And to this day, I still go on Splash Mountain as well as the other attractions that I now have the honor of being associated with at the parks and go, wow, I can't believe that's my voice. <laughs> well, you know, and, and something like that too, like you said, I mean, being part of a Disney attraction, especially one, you know, synonymous with Disney, especially Song of the South, which... I still love that film, and I pass it down to my children as much as it's so lucrative, but that attraction is so magical and so fun. What was it like bringing, you know, Br'er Rabbit and them to life, and did you ever get a chance to actually see the film beforehand? Oh, of course, man. I, I like to think, I think, Jonathan, I mean, you know, you could probably quiz me, and maybe there'd be one or two, but I think I've seen every Disney animated feature at one time or another, and that's that's one reason that... You know, I'm so honored because, and I'm so blessed because I work for Warner Brothers and Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and all these other great places. But boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, working for Disney, man, is such an honor because it's something that, as you said, everybody grew up with that stuff, you know, and, it, and it's passed on from generation to generation and it's timeless and it's beautiful and it's classic. So I'm just thrilled to be a small part of, you know, the Disney legacy. As far as, uh, you know, Song of the South and Splash Mountain, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I had certainly seen the movie. Um, when they asked me if I could do those voices, I, I gave my, an- my answer that I still give to this day, which is I have no idea. Let me get back to you. And they gave me <laughs> some sort of reference material on those voices. And I listened to them and I said, yeah, I can, I can do this, man. I can I sound a lot like that. So we went in, we tweaked a few things, and next thing you know, I recorded that. And a funny thing, too, I mean, to this day, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you know, God bless my life, and thank you for taking care of it. But, uh, you know, on, on this uh, on this earth, one of the biggest helps to me has been a guy named Rick Dempsey. And Rick, for those who don't know, is the guy who is in charge of the Disney Character Voices Department. Disney is the only company that I've ever worked for that actually has a department that is all about just preserving the integrity of their characters and making sure that the characters are uniform, that they never say something that they wouldn't say. I think it's a really, really cool thing. And Rick kind of climbed up the ranks and is now, you know, running that department into a beautiful job. Well, we met. I did the Splash Mountain Disney Land attraction. And a year later, I went back to do the Disney World attraction. And I met this guy, Rick Dempsey, who was, you know, being employed by Disney Character Voices. We hit it off. We found out we liked a lot of the same rock bands and everything like that. So we had some common ground uh, to, you know, to associate with each other on. And um, we struck up a friendship. And Rick said to me, he goes, you know, we, we need a guy who can do Roger Rabbit. I said, well, you got, you know, Charlie Fleischer. He said, yeah, sometimes Charlie's not available. It's hard to get him. He's on the road. Um, do you think you could work that up? And I said, yeah, I'd love to get back to you on that. So I went home and I watched Super Roger Rabbit a bunch of times. The next day I called Rick up and I said, Jesus, I could do this all day long, you know. And uh, I went in and the next thing you know, I was doing Roger Rabbit shots. And Rick was instrumental. Again, this Disney thing is a big thread in my life and my career um, in, in getting me my first agent who was still my agent. Because what he did was he actually wrote a letter to the biggest agents in Los Angeles. And those of you uh, in the acting field, you know how big what I'm about to say is. Um, and he said, you know, you all know me. I'm Rick Dempsey for Disney Character Voices. If you don't sign this guy to your agency, you're going to regret it for the next 40 years. Something like that. And so I was in the enviable position of having agents, like, come after me and, and ask to take me to lunch, which I'll always 
you know, take me to lunch. Sure, that's awesome. So uh, <laughs> you know, they would take me to lunch, and next thing you know, I signed with an agent, and uh, along came Animaniacs, and the rest is history, and I'm still doing this every day. Hallelujah. Well, you know, and like you said, too, it's one of those things where it was just fate and everything fell into place for you. And it was that stroke of luck. And, you know, I guess when you go to the attractions to this day and you go on Splash Mountain and, uh, you know, you look back at this, are, are you amazed that, you know, thousands upon thousands of people every single day are listening to your voice? Oh, it's, it's like I said, it's an honor. And in a way, it's almost like being Batman, Jonathan, because, you know, a lot of the time I'll be in a market or I'll be at a ball or something and somebody will walk by me wearing a T-shirt with a picture of a character whose voice I and they have no idea that the guy who does the voice, I hesitate to say I'm the guy who is the character because the characters are so collaborative. We got writers, we got artists, we got voice actors, we got directors, you know, but I, I don't think these people wearing these shirts know that the guy standing in back of them on the checkout line is the voice of that character, you know, and it's the same thing at the parks because, you know, if I'm standing on line at the park, there's this one great part of the uh, zippity doo attraction where for about 10 minutes as you're standing in that never-ending line because that line is always huge. And again, hallelujah for that. Um, but you hear me singing zippity doo dot over and over and over. And I stand there looking around and people are singing it and people are smiling. And I'm going, they have no idea. They have no idea that, that Rare Rabbit is standing in front of them looking like, you know, one of the guys from Def Leppard. <laughs> it's pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, aside from that, too, like you said, you know, you it pushed you into many other directions. And of course, you know, being wacko on Animaniacs and, you know, we've had many people from the Animaniacs area, including, you know, Rob Paulson and everybody else on here. How did how did that feel to, you know, take over this role, become wacko and know that Animaniacs became this, you know, this gem for Warner that is like truly cherished? Oh, uh, well, that's very kind. And, and again, you know, you never know when you're, when you're going to be associated with a phenomenon. I mean, I, a quick, a quick little anecdote I'll tell you is that, you know, acting, voice acting is just like regular acting. And a big part of the job is audition, you know. And, uh, I would go and audition for roles a lot, you know, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. Um, but on the road to getting the part, there's always these things called callbacks where you go in and if they like your initial audition, they bring you back in and you do a callback and they give you a new direction and then maybe you do another callback and it goes around and around and around. And there was this one part many years ago that I got, I think, six or seven callbacks on it for a, you know, some pilot, animated pilot. We do them all, all the time. I probably do 40 a year. Um, and it came down to me and one other guy, and he got the part. And I thought, okay, that's no big deal. You know, it's whatever. I'll get the next one, and it's fine, and there's always something else. But it was a little show called SpongeBob SquarePants, you know. And my buddy Tom Kenny got it, and Tom is fantastic. does an amazing job. The point is that you never know when something that you're going to do is going to be this iconic thing that becomes completely part of pop culture history and the public eye and, and popular culture and all that stuff. So Animaniacs was just such a great thing because I got to work with, as you say, some of the shining stars of, you know, voiceover past and present. You know, we got Frank Welker and Tress McNeil and Rob Paulson, and then you got this new guy who's never done an animated series in his life, you know, <laughs> and is used to play at the Roxy on a Saturday night on the Sunset Strip. And, uh, you know, I show up and I'm doing this kind of miniature Beatle voice, which is totally out of left field because apparently I'm one of the Warner siblings, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, and they're brothers and sisters, but one of them is from England. Go figure. You know, but I think that contributed to the general insanity of the show. And apparently, this again, shows the value outside the box. I think that, you know, my initial audition for Wacko was something crazy. And somewhere along the line, Andrea Romano, who directed the show and myself, cooked up this idea of making it sound like a miniature Beatle. And when they presented the final contenders for each role 
to Mr. Spielberg because he executive produced the show. He's listening to him go by, and it's one funny voice after another funny voice. And then all of a sudden, this little British guy comes on and goes, Hey, I'm like how it's made to be here. You know, anyway, oh, that's funny. I like that. Get that guy. <laughs> you know, so it just goes to show you that sometimes take a chance you pay off in a big way. Definitely. You know, and, you know, you really hit the nail on the head, too, saying you never know when something is going to be, you know, a staple or iconic or legendary. And and that's going to bring me to something that's a, a little bit different of a scale, and that's being the announcer for America's Funniest Home Videos, which, you know, has been going on and on and on, and everybody loves it. I mean, who would have thought that this would be this big pop culture thing in America? Uh, I guess, uh, do you really enjoy watching that show even and just, you know, cracking up over it? You know, I'll tell you, you're asking some great questions. Um, you know, Vin DeBona, he's the guy that created that show. And it's kind of funny because if you think about it, he was really the birth of, like, YouTube. He was the birth of reality television. He was the guy who said, hey, let's put regular people on TV doing funny stuff and see if anybody likes it. And however many years now, what is it, 25 years the show's been on the air? I've been doing it for, like, 15. It's, it's like... People love this show, and I tell you, man, I, I, I climbed on board about 10 years into it. It was already a huge show, and I do love the show. It's one of the few shows that you can watch, no matter what kind of mood you're in, and know that you're going to last, you know? And how cool is that to have even one program on television that you know is going to be funny every single time? And, and even further than that, you know, I've done all kinds of, uh, you know, projects and, and all kinds of media. But I love things like America's Funniest Home Videos because America's Funniest Home Videos, grandparents can watch it with their children who can watch it with their children. And everybody can enjoy it, you know. And there's nothing that you're going to see or hear on there that's going to make you think, oh, you know, maybe, you know, my little one is too little or maybe grandpa won't be able to understand this or whatever. Everybody gets a kick out of it. Everybody enjoys it. And I love that, man. I love being a part of things that it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, how old or young you are, or what your mindset is. You're going to enjoy it, so is everybody else in the room. And that, to me, is America's Funniest Home Videos. Today's culture, too, you know, having something that everybody can watch together is truly a gem. And that's going to bring me back to, you know, the younger children out there, of course. And, you know, I'm a father of four, so, you know, I'm very familiar with the younger stuff. And, you know, how about being chilly in Doc McStuffins? Because Doc McStuffins was kind of this... Um, it was almost like a sleeper hit, I feel, for, you know, for the Disney Channel. And all of a sudden, here we, we have this just really unique show that's teaching great lessons and really helping people, you know, children evolve and feel their emotions. What's it like being part of this kind of crazy phenomena for children? See, once again, you know, you, you hit it on the head. You never know. You know, sometimes you do pilots or you lead into a first year of a series and think, boy, this is really good. This is gonna, this is, this is gonna be real big. And all of a sudden it's just gone. Never heard from again except by a very small group of fans. Doc McStuffins came along. The creator of the show is this very, very talented, very smart lady named Christine. Had this idea. We did a pilot for it. And I kid you not, Jonathan, I don't think I heard another thing about that thing for at least a year, which is a long time, maybe more, you know. And then they're like, oh, Doc McStuffins is coming back. And as we were doing it, even before it, it premiered on the air, I remember thinking, this is really good. You know, this is really good. I mean, Disney Junior is, uh, is sort of uh, – it has a great leader in this lady, Nancy Cantor, who is kind of the head of the network. And boy, she picks winners, man. She just, she knows what people are going to like. And more importantly, she knows what's good, you know. And Doc McStuffins, as we were recording these scripts, I'm thinking, this is really a great message, man. This is let kids know it's okay to be a little different. It's let kids know they don't need to be scared if they don't feel well or if something breaks, um, that, that it's all going to be okay, you know. And, and 
you know, in this world, man, to, to be any source of encouragement or light or positivity is such a valuable, valuable thing. And it's like, I know at the end of the day that I'm not cured brain cancer or anything important like that, but at least I'm hoping in some small way to make people a little happier each day. And that is a heck of a contribution. And Doc McStuffins does it. Sophia does it. Um, I'm on a radio show called Adventures in Odyssey that's full of great family value stuff. And I love all that stuff. But that's not to say I don't enjoy doing Comedy Central things too because those are fun as well. There, there's room for everything. But when it's something that's so full of positivity and so full of like good stuff, you know, because kids are the bardic, man. I, I, you know, I feel bad for little ones because there's, there's so much stuff on TV that Gosh, they shouldn't even be seeing this stuff, man. I mean, MTV <laughs> terrifies me, you know? And it's like, there's there's stuff that kids really shouldn't be seeing. So when there is a chance to show them something sweet and something pure and something that's motivated by, like, love and kindness and compassion, boy, that alone is amazing. The fact that I get to be involved in it and they pay me for it is just too much to believe, you know? So I'm, I'm really, really honored to be a part of those, those shows as well. And the funny thing is, too, you know, Jonathan, I was thinking about this because I do these appearances at these Comic-Cons, and I meet all these great people who, the, the common line that we hear a lot by we, I mean, me, Rob Paulson, Maurice LaMarche, Tress McNeil, Billy West, you know, people say, you're my childhood, man. You, you were my childhood, you know? And it's like, what a gift that is. And it's funny because a lot of people that I meet now are saying that in reference to Animaniacs 20 years ago. Well, in 20 years from now, if I feel like getting on a plane and flying places to sign autographs for people, they're going to be saying, you were my childhood because I grew up with Sophia the First. I grew up with Doc McStuffin. I grew up with Transformers. I grew up with whatever. And it's just like, wow, you know, what an amazing wheel to be part of that keeps turning and impacting kids, impacting people in a, in a positive way. I love when people say, you know, man, I was in the hospital for a long time, and every day I looked forward to watching that show. You know, or me and my dad, when he was sick, I would come home and we would watch that show. And it's like, wow, man, there's, there's just no better thing to uh, to be involved in that makes people happy and brings them together, you know. Well, definitely, you know, and like you said, you go to many of these conventions, you're at Comic-Con, Wizard Worlds, things like that, you know, and people say, you know, you are my childhood, but I'll go a step above that because there's things where you are somebody's childhood, but, you know, even in... in people like myself you're also my adulthood because i'm going to look back at those moments of watching my three-year-old daughter watching these shows as well yeah isn't that great you know it's like i met a guy recently this is just uh you know this, this kind of brings a tear to the eye and a song to the heart and i i was on the road i was in atlantic city and i met the manager of a great restaurant there's a guy fieri steakhouse i think in one of those big hotels there they they just took wonderful care of us you know and at the end of the meal the manager, super nice guy, came over and he said, hey, you know, he's so, like, reticent about it. It was very cute. It was like, dude, I'm not Brad Pitt. You don't have to worry about it. Not that Brad Pitt would be a great guy to do. I don't but he, he said, listen, man, he said, you know, my daughter is such a huge fan of Sophia the First. He said, do you think you could record a voice memo for her? And I'm like, yeah, of course, man. He said, really? I'm like, it's not a big deal, you know. So he gives me the phone. And I left this message. And I said, let me know how she likes it, right? Well, the next day he calls and he texts me. He, uh, he says, I can't tell you, he said, my wife and I are floating on air. He said, we were choked up for 20 minutes because the look on my daughter's face when she heard Cedric talking to her directly is something that I'll never forget, and it's a memory that we will cherish if we got it on video and it's this and that. And he's just thinking, man, this is too cool. Because you know? <laughs> it's like it's just me talking, and it, and, it, and it made somebody feel good. It made, it made a difference to, to some people. That's just like awesome, you know. I just stand there and go, thank you, God, you know. 
Definitely. You know, and it's, it's moments like that that really people get to pass on, and you're playing a part of it. And like you said, being Cedric on Sophia the First and many other things. And then also those characters that you got to bring to life um, for people who grew up with, you know, one voice doing something, but then you got to go in and be like Ironhide in the Transformers series and the films. You know, it's like that where you get to reinvent the character and bring it in for a new generation. What's it like tackling a character that's been around for so long and, all right, we're going to make it live action and now it's for a new crowd? We're going to make it live action, and we're going to spend $400 million blowing stuff up. <laughs> it's, great, man. It's, it's great being a part of that legacy Transformers. Oh, my gosh, man. What a family tree. This thing, you know, there's a new Transformers iteration every five minutes. They're probably coming up with two new ones right now. Um, and I'm just happy that not only did I get to be part of it, I got to be part of those movies because they were so famous. Those things made you know, like billions of dollars. And the funny thing about it, when you were asking the question, I thought you were going to say something about how funny it is to go from saying things like, hey kids, you know, that makes stuff is going to make you feel all better, to say, Optimus wants you to save the city. Get out there now. You know, it's like, it's like, these two things have nothing to stop it with each other at all. <laughs> One's a belly little snowman, and the other is a 40-foot-high robot that'll crush a building with his foot. So it, it's, it's so strange. But the Transformers thing, huge honor. Uh, great time, you know, big entertainment. Um, again, it was it was kind of cool, although it does beg the question, and I gotta say, people ask me when I do cons, you know, they say, hey man, why was Wacko British? You know, why on Animaniacs was Wacko British? And I say, well, the only answer I can give you is because it's funny, but I got a better question for you. They said, what's that? I said, why in every space movie is, are there British people? <laughs> like, like, I mean, we're talking hundreds of years, thousands of years in the future, right? And like Star Wars, C-3PO's British. Okay, now he's on the planet Tatooine. I don't know that Tatooine has uh, has British people, so why would they program him to speak with a British accent? Guardians of the Galaxy, there's a British guy. Why are there British people in space? The UK is on Earth. It makes no sense. There's not Southern people in space. There are French people. There's always British people. So I, I don't know. The reason that Ironhide became British in the Transformers movies, who knows? They just said, hey, try a British, and who am I to argue? I don't know if my Ironhide is the only British uh, one of the 15 Ironhides there have been or not, but I got a big kick out of the fact that, yet again, British people in space. Well, you know, and like you said, you know, it, everything is so different from doing children's voices all the way through, you know, Pen Zero, part-time hero, and so many other things. But then that also, on the flip side, that brings you into music and something, you know, I personally love as well. And, you know, you're a musician, you have a band, I guess, you know, for everyone about that, that's, you're still behind the microphone, but now you're jamming out at clubs. What's that like? And, you know, what's your band's name and how did that come about? Well, you know what's even funnier. Thanks for asking, man, you know. God bless us. You say jamming out clubs. The truth is, Jonathan, this band, <laughs> our third gig, I think, was opening for Aerosmith. We, we've got to play arenas. We don't even do clubs anymore. We're the house band at the House of Blues on Sunset for a summer. Uh, but that's really the last time we played clubs because we're in this really fortunate position of being extremely popular as an opening band. Um, like for large, large concerts. The biggest crowd we ever played to was 100,000. Now, the reason, though, I mean, I take all of this with a grain of salt. It, it has nothing to do with, you know, how fantastic we are. It has to do with the fact that there's, I say that sarcastically, folks. Um, I say <laughs> it with, with a grain of salt because this is the story. The band's called Rock Sugar, okay? And if you're bored later, go on Google or YouTube, put in Rock Sugar. I guarantee you, if you ever liked anything about the 80s, you'll get a kick out of this. I said to my best friend one day, who's a great guitar player, I said, hey, man, wouldn't it be funny 
if like the ultimate 80s hair metal band, you know, we all know those bands with the big hair and the spandex and everything, if they were playing a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah on a yacht for a bunch of 13-year-olds who hated heavy metal and a riot broke out and the yacht sunk and the band ended up shipwrecked on a desert island for 20 years and all they had to listen to were the 80s CDs of this 13-year-old girl. In other words, stuff like Journey and Rick Springfield and Paula Abdul and pop records like that. And then they got rescued and they thought all that stuff was metal. What would it be like? What would that sound like? So what we started doing is taking like all the greatest heavy metal songs of the 80s, like Metallica, ACDC, and Motley Crue, and singing songs by Journey and Paula Abdul and Madonna over those songs. So they become like new songs. So it's like, our biggest hit was this song, um, it's called Don't Stop the Sandman. And it's Metallica's Enter Sandman, but I'm singing Journey's Don't Stop Believing over Enter Sandman, and it worked. So it, it's done, it, it's funny, but it's done like we take it totally seriously. It's done very, very well. In fact, a lot of these bands, like Vince Neil from Motley Crue, watched our old show from the side of the stage and said, you guys are like my favorite new band. And it's so weird because it's just this goofy little idea that we happen to realize in a good way and have taken it to unbelievable heights. I mean, we are, the next show we're doing is at the Salt Lake Comic Con at the end of this month, and there's going to be thousands of people there, and it's, it just blows my mind. It's like, because, yeah, I, I came up playing clubs and doing shows for 150 people. So to go out on stage in an arena in front of a band like ACDC, and there's 40,000 people there, you're just, and, you're, and you're basically doing it because you made a joke with your best friend is... Again, it's just an unbelievable gift, and, and I don't take it lightly, and I'm very grateful. Well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those things where, you know, you're definitely grateful for it because you have this, you know, you, you created something for fun, and now you're playing for 40,000 people. You found out you can do voices very well and characters, and you're a voice actor and artist for a living, and you've done so many different things. I mean, from all over the board, and even bringing your singing chops to the animated realm as well with, uh, you know, singing in, like, Lady in the Tramp 2 and many other things. Now, I guess, looking back at your entire career, uh, you know, in voice acting and voiceover work, uh, you know, is there one moment or something that just really sticks out to you that you will always remember? One of those things where, not necessarily one that's on film, it could be something that happened, you know, off the cuff, uh, something that we're never going to hear. But is there one of those memories that you are never going to forget? You know, I mean, it, it's kind of a blanket statement that I'll answer that question with Jonathan. And by the way, thank you for such great questions, man. These are really a, a joy to answer. Um, you know, when we were doing, I, I'm a big proponent of, like, holding on to moments and memories. You know, it's like when you're out to dinner with people you love and it's going really great, I always say, hey, let's take a moment to remember this because we're all going to wish we could do this again. So as I was saying, you know, I love memories and moments. And I remember when we were doing Animaniacs, right? And it was my first series that I'd ever done. And, I mean, I'd done some guest spots on other cartoon shows, but this was the first one where I was doing an original voice that I created um, on a big series with big people and Rob Paulson and Tress McNeil and Steven Spielberg and all the rest. And I knew it was big. I knew it was important. And we used to sit there in the parking lot, me and Tress and Rob, at the end of recording days, and just kind of look at each other and go, you know, I'm sure we're all going to do other stuff, and we have. God bless us, everyone. We've all done a ton of other stuff. But this is special, you know, and, and we know how good this is, and we know how blessed we are to be a part of it. And let's just soak this in, man, because there's going to come a day that we're going to be like, man, I wish we were still doing that, you know. And I have that feeling with Animaniacs, and... Fortunately enough, I have it with several other projects. It's like I become very friendly 
with most of the people that I work with on these shows that are so kind to hire me and to use me as often as they do. And we sit there a lot and just go, man, this is, this is good, you know? There's a great saying that says, wouldn't it be nice if we knew the good old days were the good old days while they still were, you know? And I try to remind myself of it all the time. Like, these are the good old days. I am working in show business. I have been for years. The hard, the only thing harder than, you know, having a career in show business for one year is having a career in show business for 25. And I have done that, you know, again, hallelujah, thank you, God. Um, but it's just, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's an amazing achievement, not by my own hand, but by, you know, the grace of God. And, and, cause every time I get hired for stuff, and again, that still happens, I'm like, wow, I mean, not only, you know, are the people who I've been mentioning in this interview, are they still around? There's a ton of new people doing this, man, and they're all great. There's new people showing up all the time that are great, and I'm like, really, you want to hire me? For real? This, that's great. I appreciate it, but holy smokes, there's so many people who are awesome. So I'm, I'm very, I just, I just, a lot of the time I wake up in the morning and go, wow. I get to be me. This is pretty cool. Well, you know, and like you said, it's kind of a blanket answer, but it's one of those that, you know, we can tell you're truly cherishing and you truly love it. And, you know, I know that you're busy. You have a lot of different things on your plate, so we don't want to keep you too long, of course. But I guess, you know, in slowly wrapping up here, just, you know, maybe one or two more questions here, I guess, uh, you know, with that and looking back, like you said, there's a lot of great memories and things like that. But also, you know, voice acting, voiceover, as much as being a rock star it takes a lot of work and practice. Um, you know, do you ever have those moments or those times where you are just so frustrated because you can't get the simplest of words out? Oh, no. I mean, you know, as far as getting the words out, you know, you know what's kind of good, man, is I have a, I've always had a really healthy sense of perspective. Um, I don't think that the things I can do in any way make me better than or more entitled than. I, I think entitlement is one of the least attractive qualities that a human being can have. Um, so in terms of getting the words out, no, that's never a problem. What what does happen, though, that I kind of like, and this is kind of good life advice for anybody in any line of work, I mean, through it's in voice acting, it applies, but applies in anything else, too. If you want people to think you're Superman, it's really easy. All you got to do is never let them see your kryptonite, you know? Um, what I mean by that is I get called a lot, and people say, hey, Jess, because I do a lot of celebrity voice impressions and voice matches and stuff, and you know, different kinds of sounds and sing this kind of thing and sing that kind of thing. And sometimes I'll get a call and they'll go, hey, Jess, man, can you can you do a spot-on impression of so-and-so? And if we go back 15 minutes, you heard me say, I'll get back to you on that. And what I do is I go look at it, and I look at it on, and now there's YouTube. Wow, thank you. Uh, <laughs> now, now what you take hours to find takes seconds. Um, I go to YouTube. And I listen to the guy talk, and I don't spend. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. And I'm not gonna make it more than it is. I don't spend an hour and a half, you know, listening to it and working on it. I'll know in the first five seconds, the full first fifteen seconds, certainly, if I can do it. I'll be like, oh, okay, I see what he's doing. It's, it's kind of there. And he's kind of pinching it through his nose a little bit. And he's got a little bit of a southern thing going, and it's kind of high. Okay, yeah, I can do that. All right, cool. Or I'll say, mm, you know what? There's gonna be a lot of guys who are gonna do that way better than me next. And I just don't even waste time thinking about it. I just go. And in fact, a lot of the time, I'll call back and say, you know what? I don't do this, but you know who could do this great? It's so-and-so. Now, it has worked against me a couple of times, Jonathan, because sometimes I've been asked to audition for things, and I've said, you know what? I'm really not the guy. I don't really do that. That's not really my thing or whatever. And then I hear the guy they hired, and I'll go, oh, I could have done it like that. <laughs> I, I, thought, you know, I, do, I, do, I do it that well. I thought they wanted somebody to do it perfect. Whatever. So... 
so, you know, but, but the cool thing is that, like, I don't get hung up, man. I don't, like, uh, I'm not one of those actors that when I walk out of an audition, I call my agent the next day and go, did you hear anything? And have we heard anything? Um, are we going to get that? Or if, or if I did an audition for something, I'm not like, why didn't I audition for that? What happened? Why should be, you know, I just figure things are going to work out. You know, God's going to take care of it. It's cool. I'm, I'm just going to show up and do what I do and everything's going to be fine. I've never really stressed about stuff and, um, it's all worked out pretty, pretty amazingly, man. So, you know, I, I advocate, uh, you know, like, uh, what they said, that don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small, small stuff. So just kind of chill out and relax and enjoy it. Very cool. Well, you know, and like I said, you know, there's so many different ways to, to go about it and that answer couldn't be any more complete. But like I said, I don't want to keep you too long, but our final question for, uh, you know, all your fans out there and fans of Jess, fans of Rock Sugar, you name it, people that are growing up with their children watching Sophia the First or they grew up watching Animaniacs, you name it. Is there any final lasting words you want to leave out there for all of your fans? Yeah, I do. That's another, John, you got to write all my questions from now on, man. Um, yeah, the thing I would like to say to all of my fans is that they are not my fans. And here's what I mean by that, okay? I say this at Comic-Cons, too. You know, um, sometimes at Comic-Cons, and I've been going to these fan events quite a bit lately, uh, you know, there will be some pretty major celebrity types there, and they have a lot of folks waiting online to see them, as, as do we most of the time, which is awesome. Um, and sometimes these celebrity types have a rule that says, unless you're going to buy something, which is usually like a hundred bucks for these guys, don't get in my line. Okay, I, I, we're not. I'm, I, you know, and I understand they're busy. I get it, man. There's a lot of people there, and you know, staying high can take some time. But they're like, don't get in my line. I don't take my time unless you're going to give me some money. And I'm always like, wow, that's a lot of stuff. Because the truth of the matter is that you, they wouldn't be behind the table signing those things if it weren't for the people who would like to meet them, you know? So what I do when I, give, when I do panels and stuff, I always say, and, you know, our fees are nowhere near as high as those guys, but I say, listen, man, if you want to come and if you don't want to buy anything, just come and say hi. It'd be nice to meet you. I really appreciate the fact that you like what I do, you know? And it's, it's genuine. Now, you know, obviously, looking at the other side, if somebody wants to come up and talk to you for 15 minutes and there's 100 people behind them, that's not okay either. But even for the biggest celebrity, I'm sure they could do something, which I am not. Uh, I'm sure they could do something where they'd say, okay, you just want to say hi? Okay, well, uh, this is Bob. Bob, this is so-and-so. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Okay, see you later. That took five seconds. Not that long, you know? So there is a way to say, to do these things. Uh, to sum it all up, the reason I say these people are my fans, these people are my friends, okay, because the definition of a friend is somebody who likes you, somebody who likes what you do, somebody who supports your dreams, somebody who wants to see you succeed, somebody who thinks you're great. Well, if, tho if those are the qualities that exemplify a friend, and to me they are, then all these people, they're my friends. Maybe we haven't met yet, maybe we never will. But I appreciate them every bit as much as they appreciate whatever work I do, if you can call it work. Um, and I'm just really grateful that they even care. So it's like, you know, all you guys, who, as of this moment, you're no longer fans of mine. You're friends of mine. So we're going to have a big barbecue. There you go. <laughs> Nothing like a nice big barbecue and bonfire. And, you know, like you said, you know, uh, you know, you're, you, you said you're not one of the bigger stars, but I look at it this way. The bigger stars, yes, they have their movies and whatnot, but, you know, people like yourself, you know, you're there, you're at these comic cons and you've touched way more lives than even just those bigger stars who've done a few movies because you've touched television shows, voiceover, animation, music, you name it. 
which goes above and beyond. So I have to say thank you for that as well. Oh, thanks, Jonathan. It is funny, too, because you're absolutely right. Sometimes we actually talk about that. Because we'll be like, you know, wow, this certain show or movie that these, these folks are doing, boy, it's big and that's great. But we've got these long lists. And, and we go out to dinner and raise a glass and just kind of go, how cool is it that we've got to do, you know, 50 of those things? Man, that's just amazing. So, yeah, it, it, I, we don't take it lightly, and I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you, man. It's, it's honestly been a real pleasure talking to you one of the best interviews i can remember and thank you so much for the well thought out question yeah thank you once again jess we like i said we know you're busy we're gonna let you go here but you know thank you once again for stopping in and you know having all these memories for all of our fans all of your fans listening in and you know passing it on for generations and you are always welcome back anytime and i'm sure we're going to be hearing your voice and whatnot uh, above and beyond in the next coming years yeah man i just did something new for uh for the turtle talk um, you know, Nemo shows at both parks yesterday. So the circle keeps going, man, and I keep showing up at the parks. I'm so excited. Anyway, it's been great talking to you, man. I hope everybody out there is doing great. Jonathan, thank you once again. beloved motion pictures of all time. And now, the adventure continues in Disney's Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. Scamp's a pup who's not afraid to chase his dreams. I want to be wild and free. You won't last five minutes out here. But he'll need some help from his new friend, Angel, played by Alyssa Milano. It's the girl from the wrong side of the tracks. The guy from the right side of the tracks. Scott Wolf plays Scamp. Scamp definitely has a, a fire burning inside of him. Together, they take off on an unforgettable adventure. Oh, no! Now tell him what mischief that pup's getting into. But now, Scamp must choose between a life on the streets and a home with his family. I'd give anything to have what you have. It's a story that only Disney could bring to life. I still run, I still swing open the door. I still think you'll be there like before. everybody out there never It's a brand new movie that will capture your heart and spirit forever. Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure.
Premiering only on video and Disney DVD. Spring 2001. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC82. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the pound. I mean the vault. We're bringing you yet another fine film for the dog days of summer. Oh, wait, summer's almost over. Where am I? Actually, we've got some great guests upstairs, and I can't wait to bring you some beautiful Blu-ray renditions of your favorite classics here in the vault. This week, I'm pulling out yet another sequel to one of our favorite animated classics. Why? Well, because the singing voice of Buster is right upstairs, and Buster played somewhat of an integral part in a little movie we like to call Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. So grab your leash and your favorite human companion as we dive deep into this Blu-ray review. A little time has passed since we've seen our star-crossed lovers, Lady and Tramp. Of course, at the end of the original, we know that they have a small little family to tend to now. And that's where our focus lies, all about the dog-eat-dog -dog world of family life. The male pup of the group, Scamp, has a little bit of a wild side to him, very similar to his father. And it's so strong that he cannot contain himself. That and the fact that he has to deal with three sisters, well, kind of makes for an interesting dynamic. Frustrated beyond belief and the desire not to be domesticated, Scamp runs away from home and tries to join up with the junkyard dogs. Not like the WWF or anything like that, but close enough. A troublemaking pack of dogs that have joined to create their own family in a way. And Scamp gets his taste of the outdoor life, but soon meets Angel and sparks fly. And as you can see, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, or is it the milk bone doesn't fall too far from the treat? There's one little twist with our friends at the junkyard. Buster, the leader of the gang, has a bit of a grudge held against Tramp. Who knew all this time that there was another gang that Tramp belonged to? We all thought he was just a free spirit. Oh no, there is much of a backstory, and we learn that. It seems that Buster is completely obsessed with settling a score. And as it just so happens, Scamp is that bargaining chip to make this possible. In the end, Scamp does understand the meaning of family. That doesn't mean you get rid of your wild side, but it also means to understand inclusion and love and the joy that is your brothers, your sisters, your family, and everyone around you. It's pretty nice to see a sequel pick up after the original film. The style of the animation very much evokes the original feel, and the Blu-ray transfer shows that immensely. Pastels pop, and the backgrounds evoke that Norman Rockwell feel that the original really did. There's plenty of singing and dancing, even to the point where my youngest cousin actually likes the Junkyard Dog song more than any other song in the Disney canon. You can tell this was a later release, 
originally showing up on shelves on February 27, 2001. But with its most recent re-release on Blu-ray and DVD, along with your digital copy, the film still holds up and looks absolutely stunning. Audio, I can't complain with that at all. It is a wonderful romp through this all-American town. From the train sequence, to the days in the park, to even just being at home, it sounds beautiful coming through your television. Of course, you cannot be without your special features here. From Tramp to Scamp, it is the making of Lady and the Tramp 2, and it's a nice in-depth look from storyboard to animation to screen. I'm very thankful that the audio commentary was preserved. It is a run-through of the sequel with the director, Daryl Rooney, and the animation directors. Puppy Trivia Tracks, of course a pop-up animal fact designed just for all the kids and the kids at heart and watching along. A sing-along featuring the five songs that are within this fine film, and three Disney classic shorts. Pluto Jr., Bone Trouble, and Pluto's Kid Brother. All in all, you are going to love sitting down and watching this film. What can make it even more fun is playing the guessing game of who's voicing who. There's such a great number of celebrities that have taken the time to recreate the feeling of that Bella Notte. Scott Wolf playing Scamp, Alyssa Milano playing Angel, Jody Benson playing Lady, Mickey Rooney as Sparky, and of course, our latest inductee is D-head Jess Harnell playing the singing voice of Buster. The days are getting shorter and the nights are getting longer, which means it's time to start putting not one but two DVDs in your Blu-ray player at one time tonight. So, make one of them, possibly the original Lady and the Tramp, and follow it up with Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. Again, you won't be disappointed. A smile will be put on your face, but I will say, nothing ever compares to the original. So there you have it, gang. Another Blu-ray popped out of the case into the player and back onto the shelves. We'll file this under D for doggone good, and we will see you next time with another Blu-ray release from the Disney Vault. Until then, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies is always a walk in the park and deep inside of you. From here is where I want to be Somewhere out there, loose and running Nobody's leash to hold me Nobody's hugs to crush me Nobody's soap and scratchy comb To bathe and brush me A world without fences Where I can run free out in me No walls and no boundaries Where I can be free A world without walls and fences That's exactly where I want to be This pup 
Just won't sleep his life away On some sofa like his father Too many bones to chew up Too many smells to sample Too many fancy flower beds to rip and trample Dogs, you can't tell me what to do anymore, cause I'm a wild dog. Alright, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fun, fun romp here this week. I think I'm feeling a little wet here still from Splash Mountain and all kinds of fun. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the one and only Jess Harnell for taking time and stopping in here this week. Fantastic legacy, so many roles that you have played that have played part in people's lives from my childhood, my children's childhood, and many others. I know I'm speaking for all the D-heads. Thank you, Jess, once again for taking that time, stopping in, and having fun with all of us here at the show. And definitely all of you D-heads, tune in to Doc McStuffins, Transformers, Sophia the First, and so much more so you can listen to Jess do what he does best in making those memories happen. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Aaron, Caitlin, Jason, and Nathan, all for stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without the D-team, there would be no show. The D-team helps make this happen, make it fun, and make it magical. And remember, you can always connect up with the D-team on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can connect up with the D-team, message them, and they will not bite. They want to interact with you, so definitely check it out. And most of all, I want to thank you, the D-heads. Yes, thank you. You are the reason we are here five years later. You are the reason we continue to evolve, grow, and bring these fantastic guests from your lifetime of Disney every single week. So thank you, all the D-heads. Now, all of you D-heads, we have some fun next week here at the show. And I'm going to clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week here at the show. Our last show before we kick off our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration. But before I do that, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, B-L-U, or even Disney On Demand, all of which you will be able to find us. And remember, you can find all these links on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. And let's not forget, if you want to get the latest shows on your mobile device, on your tablet, and more, all you have to do is subscribe through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Subscribe, listen, and you will get the latest shows right there in your device before it even posts to the website. So definitely go there, subscribe, and get those latest shows for you to listen to, enjoy from your lifetime of Disney. Now next week here, show number 118. We have some fun. We're taking you back to the 90s. Yes, maybe even as far as 1989. 
because we have an alum from the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. That's right, she was there for every season of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, and we have none other than Lindsay Alley stopping in here next week at the show. She has been part of some great franchise films like Ernest Saves Christmas, as well as every season of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, and so much more. And Lindsay's going to be stopping in and taking that trip back to MGM Studios and the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, so stay tuned for that. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, school is full in session. We are very, very close to the kickoff of our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration, so it is going to be fun. So, as I always say, slow down, take some time, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, have a zippity-doo-dah weekend, ride Splash Mountain, and make those memories happen. Until next week, all of you D-heads, have a fantastic weekend. It happened on one of them zippity-doo-dah days. Now, that's the kind of day when you can't open your mouth without a song jump right out of it. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine in my way. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day. Mr. Bluebird's on my shoulder. It's the truth. It's actual. Everything is satisfactual. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. Wonderful feeling, wonderful day. Yes, sir. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. My, oh, my. What a wonderful day. Oh, thank you, sunshine, in the way. Mr. Bluebird's on my shoulder. It's the truth, it's actual. Everything is satisfactual. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. Wonderful feeling, feeling this way. Mr. Bluebird's on my shoulder It is the truth, it's actual Is that bluebird? Mm-hmm. Everything is satisfied. Wonderful feeling. Wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues Disney on Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.